Hi, and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm producer Holland Farkas. And today we're joined by our guest, Paul Mason. Hi, I'm Paul, and I am a DIY guy vlogger. I make all sorts of nerdy crafts, and I put them on the internet so that you can, too. What's your favorite one? Uh, my Chewbacca Domo. My, uh, it's, it's furry, it's Chewbacca, it's Domo. It works exactly like I wanted it to, and it's adorable. <laughs> yeah, great answer. This is a podcast where we're talking about every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Today, we'll be discussing the episode, I, Robot, You, Jane. So, let's head into the library. Now, in case you didn't do your homework, we're going to do a quick cram session to talk about the episode. So, Chris, what happened in I, Robot, You, Jane? Well, the scene begins in 1418 in Italy, Cortona, and we see the Circle of Kalis, an order of monks who are trapping an evil demon named Moloch the Corrupter into an ancient book, hoping that it never gets reopened. But then, all of a sudden, Buffy's holding it and is like, oh my god, what's with this book? Check, explain more. <laughs> That's really good, I think it's... And then, so Willow, who is thus far our resident uh, computer geek, is helping Giles scan books into the computer because Giles is really scared of computers. It's not that he just doesn't like them, he's actually terrified of them because he thinks they're corrupting society. And a new teacher, a beautiful lady named Miss Calendar, is constantly ribbing Giles and saying that he's old and dusty like his books and that he needs to get with the times. Now Willow gets sucked into an online relationship uh, with someone named Malcolm. Mm -hmm. Buffy and Xander are both very suspicious. Xander's more jealous, Buffy's more suspicious. And then they find out that actually the demon from the beginning of the episode was sucked into the computer through a scanner, and that's the demon that Willow's actually dating. Mm -hmm. Would you say that Malcolm was in the middle of Buffy and <laughs> I would definitely say Malcolm was in the middle. <laughs> I'm sorry to you, Paul, for that one. Nope, nope, that's... <laughs> I'm not worthy, that's... <laughs> uh, Ironically okay. appropriate, given the era. <laughs> totally. In right. the end, we find out that um, Moloch has actually been put into a robot body. Buffy faces off with the robot, and in the end, they defeat him, thanks mm -hmm. to electricity. Electricity, and we find out that Jenny Calendar is actually not unaware of the magics. She is a techno-pagan, and so she combines technology with magic, not unlike Del the Funky Homo Sapien. And so what she does is she uses a mythical spell to physically contain Moloch into that body so Buffy can kick his ass and he will not be able to come back and haunt us in the future. And then the episode ends with them sitting around the fountain thinking about how they're never going to have fully healthy relationships. And there it is. There's your cram session. <laughs> good cram session. So in case you didn't see the episode, that's pretty much it. I think we did a pretty mm -hmm. good job. Yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is. So, Paul, you are, you are a Buffy newbie. Uh, is, that, is that incorrect? No, that is absolutely true. I have actually only seen up until this point eight episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I have heard from so many people that this is, it's, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. And I say, oh, I like Firefly. Oh, you gotta watch Buffy. Oh, I like, you like this, you gotta watch Buffy. And I just haven't gotten around to it, but this seemed like a fantastic opportunity to get to go from the very beginning. I've, I've avoided so many spoilers because I've heard it so good. So I am getting to experience Buffy for the very first time. How do you guys feel about that? Great! I love it, and I'm jealous of you because you have so much to experience. It sounds like it's going to be a fantastic time. I, I'm glad I got to choose this episode. Uh, this definitely really speaks to me more than any of the other ones so far. I mean, this thing takes me back to the time when computers had more than a split 
infinity thinness to them. Uh, Windows 3.1. I remember the 3.1 system. It's so dated and it's <laughs> so beautiful because I experienced it as it happens. So this is just pushing all of my go back and remember the 90s, which most of the time is a good thing. But, you know, I don't know if you guys remember anything from the 90s, but it. Uh, oh, yeah. There was no internet. Just saying. Uh, to quote the episode, welcome to the 20th century, guys. <laughs> uh, that was a little paraphrasing. I don't know if, Je- if Jenny Calendar said guys, but. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. The 21st century. In the episode, it was the 20th century. That was her line. What? Yeah, because yeah, we're well, still in the, the 20th. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's that old. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm my that God. old. That's. <laughs> I mean, the internet did creep in about at that time because it was like we were creep. The, it did. Yeah. Creep, would you say the did. internet creeped in? I like would. it crept in the night. It crept in the night like a elderly Math- Dutch man in a chat room that Xander goes into. <laughs> I think it was a Dutch woman. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyhow, Paul, jumping into this episode, what uh, what stuck out to you? What what left a lasting impression? I don't know yet because I have so little context. Uh, (laughs) if that makes any sense, uh, so far everything's been disposable, so I'm still trying to look for things that are going to stick around. This calendar is definitely one of those things that feels like it's going to stick around. Uh, not so much Moloch. He, uh, he stuck to the wall, but he's not going to stick around. Um, I think the computers in this episode really spoke to me the most. Mm, They spoke to Willow, too. Now, it's Uh, really, it's cool to see, like, a show that's tackling such an old theme of, like, demons and, like, vampires, and they're doing an updated version of it, and it works. It's not like, uh, it's not, like, you see lots of times when people try to, like, update stuff, and they're like, a magician, but really it's an an iPad app or something like that. Uh, Whereas this one, it, like, it works. Like, it's scanned in. Moloch's there. The only time that it really jumped out and was weird to me is when Moloch's face, like, was just like, leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, when he was just all of a sudden on screen, and I felt like I was in an episode of Babylon 5, and I was just, like, being screamed at by the Mimbari or something. Anyway. Um, I think part of it, too, is we know too much about computers now. Um, mm -hmm. So there's the one scene where, like, uh, Buffy's talking to Dave, and she was like, can we figure out, like, where exactly this person is posting from and he's like well that's complicated i'm like no just find their ip address like we can do this like this is the thing that people know how to do people on tumblr like find people's ips just like for fucking fun so i was like we know too much about computers that it seems dated to us going back but it's still a fun episode right like i and this isn't meant to sound derogatory in any way but um so, Paul, you'll know that this won't spoil anything for you, but generally when lists are made about the best and worst Buffy episodes, iRobot Eugene tends to fall into the worst category on a lot of people's lists. And I don't think so, and especially when I was watching this one back, I think it is just so perfectly Scooby-Doo, and it really is just a great testament to old Buffy in that beautiful, dated way where it was just like... The end obviously gets a little hokey when Buffy's fighting the giant. What was the name? Do you know that uh, the Ninja Turtles villain? Shredder. Shredder. You mean Shredder? Shredder? No, not Shredder. No, this is the only villain. There was many. No, villains. there's way more villains. Well, like, you sure? the main one. You know what I mean? Yeah. The one that was like the robot. Casey. Turtle. Krang. Oh, um, the metal one. Yeah. <laughs> the metal. Krang would pose no threat to anybody. Let's be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even like in our dimension, right? He just had like a weird like unhealthy relationship with shredder yeah. and he'd be like why don't you call <laughs> that was like every episode crank yeah 
I, I don't remember, it, but I have seen the the toy figures and uh, right. I actually ha- I remember the toy more than I remember the character. Um, but I think this is just a delightful episode, and I think the datedness is just so charming because it's like so much of Buffy seasons, mostly one and two, feel very '90s dated, but that. It's different when Joyce is taking down notes on an answering machine versus when everyone's staring at a computer box and being like, oh, piff posh, I need my dusty old book. And uh, what I love about it, too, is that internet dating is just such a common thing in the world now. And back then, it was a predator's game. Um, And I think that that is... I mean, obviously, Malik was going about things in a in a pretty destructive way, getting people to kill themselves and kill each other, um, which but... are some pretty heavy themes for internet dating. I mean, right. yeah, let's, let's. I mean, it's hokey and all, but we it, the problems that they're describing weren't really a problem then, but they're kind of a problem now. So it's very, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say ahead of its time, but it's definitely hit it right on the head as soon as. The internet came around, the creepers creeped around. Yeah, that's weird. This is almost like the earliest form of cyberbullying because cyberbullying wasn't really a thing. I remember cyberbullying, me first noticing it when I was in like middle school. Where like we would, you'd go to chat rooms and then you'd like say mean things to each other and then someone would print it out and give it to the guidance counselor and then you would be fucked. <laughs> that was my life. Well, because once my friends, okay, so my friend and I got into a fight with this other kid and uh, we hacked his Neopets account and stole all of his Neopoints. You were a cyber bully. <laughs> you were a cyber terrorist. So you should trouble. be taken down. I got in so much trouble with the guidance counselor and I had to like pretend that it didn't happen. Well, cause his brother threatened to hack my email account. So I went in and saw all of his neo points. First strike, I understand. <laughs> you have to, you have, you have to make the first strike. You have to protect yourself when it comes. You have to, to let neo them points. know that you, they know they're you are willing to defend your email hack. Right. This is like this is like an American <laughs> approach to neo points. Uh, I think we're drifting from Buffy. So to bring it Buffy into the episode, uh, to, let's uh, let's jump it. Let's let's get to the big bad of the episode, Moloch. Uh, I really like Moloch. I think this might have been the first. No, no, no. There's like an old uh, silent film about Moloch. Moloch is an Ammonite god, uh, and he feasts on children. So uh, parents would sacrifice their own children. Sometimes they would construct uh, a giant like bull temple with a furnace. And people would throw their children in there, and it kind of just like kept Moloch appeased. Uh, so that's a fun little thing about Moloch. And so he's usually. Wait, should I be doing that? No. Oh, sorry. You, you don't have kids. Do you worship oh, Moloch? Because he's dead. Start on family first, Chris. Okay. Then you tackle Moloch. Ugh, dodged a bullet. <laughs> uh, but uh, Moloch has been used uh, as an allegory in in several instances. He's in Paradise Lost, or if if you read it the way it was originally printed, Paradise Loft. Uh, and a little printing joke there for you guys. Uh, and one of my favorite references to Moloch is um, in, I believe it was a speech uh, by Winston Churchill in which he referred to Adolf Hitler as Moloch, which comes up in the episode when that guy's on his crazy little like supercomputer in his lap. And he's like, it's the Nazis were a perfect like culture. It's a little Winston Churchill nod. Oh. He's been in my file. <laughs> so it's everyone, That's... like, every time you see, like, a background conversation in the school, they're like, this wasn't in the file. Someone's been in my files. <laughs> like, it's just like, what? <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. And the net, just everything is just so, like, that's not how people talk about computers. Not anymore. 
Not then. <laughs> not even. Not then. This idea of like human sacrifice though and sacrifice to children being updated to uh, an online predator is so interesting. That's something I really like about this episode because it's um, bringing cool. these these themes uh, of the time or I mean, now of all post internet time of online predators like you know going after children, going after people who might have a lower self esteem like Willow in this mm-hmm. in this instance. Uh, and equating that to the old days of throwing children into furnaces. Yeah. No, I, people, culture changes as time goes on. (laughs) Whoa. I didn't know we had Aristotle on the podcast today. (laughs) Uh, Another, uh, Beautiful uh, thing to recognize is Buffy's sneaky snooping jacket and glasses combo. Yeah, oh. that would I would say is at the level of biblical reference as Moloch is like it, the one notch below is Buffy sneaking around the like Carmen freaking San Diego. <laughs> the best thing about this episode is that it totally reminds me of the X Files episode, The Ghost in the Machine. That's like from like season one of X Files, which is probably like four years before this I would say and it's the same thing where it's like there's something in the computer that is like killing people and just when Buffy goes to investigate the like computer company that was like the final thing that did it for me I was like this is this is great I just because I feel like she's just trying to be because like sometimes Buffy is like a detective and that's like that's just a quality of her like slayerism that I feel like you kind of forget about because it's not one of the ones that's like in the foreground. And I feel like that was one of the things that made me like Buffy so much because I am very into like crime shows, obviously. But I just I like like Detective Buffy. Well, so far for me, this this whole season has been basically Buffy CSI where (laughs) she doesn't know what's going on. So something awful happens. Somebody's murdered. She has to go figure out who it is, solve the monster riddle and then kick its ass. Is this is this not how this season goes? So far? No, you're correct. Totally. And it, well, I'm so with this episode specifically. It's just so impressive to see how much they're able to tackle. Mm. There's so much going on in this episode. Uh, we haven't even gotten to Fritz yet, and that's a mm. whole nother thing. You know, mm. like there, it's not just like this backstory of the demon. It's not just an update of the demon. It's not just um, taking a social issue and commenting on it with like sort of a paranormal lens. You also then we also like then Buffy starts to investigate. Uh, Willow's going through everything, and then finally we get to like this giant robot fight, this like mm-hmm. Jaeger fight at the end, uh, and it was just really cool to see how they're slowly layering it. Everybody is really active in this episode. Giles is a whole thing. Uh, Jenny Calendar has a whole thing. Willow's going through a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and Xander is reacting to a lot of the stuff that's going on in the environment. Really, every character we don't know what Joyce is up to. I assume selling some art, collecting some art. She's She's doing something art adjacent. Art not, adjacent. Yeah, we're not so sure. So, like, take, going on a picnic but thinking about art. Kitty corner to art. I feel like if she goes on a picnic, she's, like, sitting at a picnic table. Yeah, I don't see Joyce sitting on a blanket on the ground. No. No, 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 no. Maybe when she was, you know, in her teens. She probably thinks about how she used to sit on a blanket while she's sitting at the picnic table. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think one thing, too, that's interesting, that was interesting to me was, so there's no Cordelia in this episode, correct? Yes. None. No Cordelia, no Angel, um, no Master. Um, so it's like, Paul, what you'll probably notice at this point is it's like, Buffy season one is the most Monster of the Weeky season that exists of the entire series. 
However, there's already still little traces of the overarching villain, the master, stuff like, you know, in Never Kill a Boy on a First Date. You've got all the stuff with the vampires of Aurelius and all that. So what I love about this episode is it is just 100% pure, the four core Buffy team on a mission all that matters is the mission at hand. The repercussions are not really felt. The only, and I think that there's something. Oh, by the way, it. sorry, I just remembered a nickname or another way to pronounce Moloch was Mal- is Malcolm or Malcolm. Oh. It's a little joke there. Mm. Um, sorry, I totally just interrupted you. Oh no no no! I was uh, I was looking for a way out. <laughs> um. But let's uh, let's look at this in like a it, let's talk about this in a historical perspective of the intro of the internet. And that sort of uncertainty, because this that's a huge theme in this episode, is Giles saying, I like things that are slight. If things are going to be permanent, I want them to be tangible. Mm-hmm. And he's very worried about new technology because it's not that. Uh, yeah. It hasn't been checked. There's no checks and balances mm-hmm. uh, with, like, web pages and stuff like that, uh, at this time at least. <laughs> I mean, GeoCities, I guess, have, like, some, you know, <laughs> mods. But, uh, <laughs> Paul, what do you, like... As an as an intro to the internet episode, like how do you feel like this totally encapsulated the '90s? It is spot on. Uh, <laughs> the beginning of the internet, everything was so uh, I would say anonymous, but like it was all new to everybody. So the fact that Willow had had no previous like warnings, even or like you know didn't know anybody who had been in this situation before. Uh, it was all brand new, and we had, I think, for those of us who saw it happen, you see, as soon as you see it, you never want to not have this information stream again. Because, you know, as soon as you realize that this is the portal to, like, the, the sum of all human knowledge at your fingertips, anytime you want it, is just so powerful. Uh, and we just didn't know it was coming. But the first thing we did with it was creep on women, so what does that say about us? <laughs> And times have changed. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh. uh, I mean, Giles Fort. Giles warned us. It I mean, co- books can be a little world. creepy too sometimes. Yeah, but you know, a book sits on a shelf and doesn't hurt anyone unless they're you know getting a paper cut. But also, yeah, that's not. I would totally disagree with that statement. Books, when read, are very dangerous tools. Ooh. I think there's a really great line that Jenny has when her and Giles are fighting, and she's like, "What do you just want to keep all the information in these books?" for all you like white men to just like read and like you can be the only people who know stuff and like that's what the internet did especially like now it just makes everything so accessible and everyone can kind of like find out about anything that they want to which is kind of dangerous because people can go like look up how to make bombs and shit which is bad but like it made knowledge more accessible which is like a really incredible thing and there's definitely two ways to look at the internet um and i think that is handled really well here especially since this is when the internet is first getting started and it's new and it's scary um but i think joss did a really good job of kind of like showing both sides of this argument and where people were at in their headspace during this time yeah like when we're sitting here in the sunnydale library right now and like no one comes and checks these books out no and it's not giles's fault a lot of emily dickinson for some reason is checked out (laughs) but that's just mainly one kid who doesn't get out a lot (laughs) saw him once and then he disappeared (laughs) he's the worst uh i know i mentioned it in the earlier episode i'll say it again he's the worst um (laughs) but uh (laughs) let yeah (laughs) 
I really like the, the fact that we get both sides of the argument because, like, while there is this, like, danger of the technology which is influencing Willow, who's a very smart and very level-headed person, we also get a chance to connect with people that we don't meet, like the rest of the techno-pagans that Jenny Calendar is just like, let's form the circle. Let's do it. Like, instantly, we get to, like, form a little community that otherwise you'd have to, I don't know, go to Oregon or something for. Yeah. I feel like she this was is like the basis of Tumblr. It was like the techno pagans probably found Tumblr. Like they would have they would have their like Tumblr squad where they just like techno. See, I was gonna say Google Plus because that's they're just forming circles. I still don't get Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're circles, but it's so confusing. If there isn't a circle of Kalis on Google Plus yet, we should form it. <laughs> and we'll invite Jenny Calendar, mm-hmm. and she'll join. Yeah, our we should circle. also go and invite a bunch of uh, Cortana monks to just kind of get involved i don't know yeah just hit them up buongiorno, buongiorno. <laughs> they're italian they're i people. read the subtitles <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh one thing i also want to point out is willow's uh willow's dialogue with malcolm scene where she's reading her typing aloud and Ye- where he's <laughs> you know saying, here's here's a big thing about the episode it's a digital plot uh Digital? Electronic? Yeah, I think it's fully digital by this point. I always make those two up. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's it's a non-tangible plot that um, they found ways to make tangible or to make aware in the writing. Like, uh, Willow has to re- say out loud what she's doing, which I realized as I was watching it, like, I was doing while texting <laughs> you guys. I was, like, saying it out loud. <laughs> but uh, they found ways to, like, bring it out and uh, sort of, like, bring, I don't know, like, almost like the spirit of computers into, like, characters, which is, like, pretty cool uh but the least cool part of that in my opinion was definitely hearing malcolm talk because it's just like what was that what was the old apple speak it was like microsoft no microsoft sam right that was the old voice remember you guys ever played with microsoft sam no it was no. a voice you could get him to say anything you wanted oh, i can like get the, my the macintosh to say anything buddy? i want i remember think? when the bonsai buddy monkey would talk that was terrifying what are you talking about, Holland? The purple bonsai buddy monkey that you could get on your computer. Bonsai buddies? They nope. were, like, crazy bad for your computer. They would, like, give you a virus. There's a video somewhere where someone, like, destroys an old Windows computer in, like, five minutes just by downloading, like, bonsai buddies and shit. But, like, they, they would talk. It would talk in this normal kind of, like, computer man voice. But it was this cute purple monkey. It was so scary. I, it exists. I knew nothing I about this monkey. This. Well, there's an uncanny valley of, uh, of human speech that we kind of hit uh, in the late 90s where voices started to become pretty realistic and, you know, like imitation of humans became so realistic with computers that we kind of freaked out. And we were like, wait a second, but it's not human. Mm-hmm. And this totally just played to that fear before, like, it really either it caused it or it totally just acknowledged it. Uh, and that was something we were very concerned about. Yeah. I wonder if I can get my Siri to sound like Malcolm and if that's a good idea. Or maybe if Malcolm had a little bit cleaner of a voice and Buffy introduced and, uh, and Willow introduced Buffy and Xander to him that way, then it would have been a little less creepy. Malcolm is, he's not good at covering his tracks. And that one no. scene where he's just like, oh, wait, you must have told me. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's Dude, on her permanent record. <laughs> yeah. You must have mentioned it. Dot, 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 dot. He's like the worst liar in the form of a digital boyfriend. Yeah. I think he's got some sort of, like, n- supernatural control over them. Because there's no way that Willow, who's as smart as she is and as reasonable as she is, could be so easily swayed by her emotions. And just the way he has these control over these people, it's like he's somehow cast a spell on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some magic at play here. 
over it being an unhealthy relationship online. But it could also be that Willow... I mean, it is magical because he got that guy to, like, get his head twisted around. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he also eats children. Yeah. (laughs) Historically speaking. Yeah, you're right. He's a children. (laughs) Give give me your baby. No, I don't want to. (laughs) Give it to me. Okay. And they just do. They hand it over like a pizza. Uh, Would you like all of them? So Paul has made... This is uh, something I wanted to chat with Paul about specifically. Paul has made my favorite things online. Uh, if you go check out his channel, youtube.com slash all hail Skippy. I got that right. Right. Bang on. Okay, great. (laughs) Go check it out because, uh, Paul is constantly just making things and it, uh, like, you know, uh, weeping angels, (laughs) don't panic towels and, uh, or, or, uh, towel bags. And I want to ask you, Paul, let's right now in this discussion, chat about the end of this episode how could we make ourselves a robot moloch on a budget okay so what you're going to need the following you're going to need some value village parts okay because that's the only place you're going to get any kind of 90s computers in value village for uh, your local thrift store what do you got salvation army uh, uh we got uh, yeah um got goodwill goodwill what's your goodwill yeah so you go to your local good goodwill you pick up all sorts of 90s computers because they still apparently seem to think people want them. And uh, we're going to need some hot glue. And we're going to need some ancient, ancient books with the spirits of demons in them. So we are going to need the ancient books. Well, I mean, you could do it without it, but really all you end up with is a hoarding problem. <laughs> we have an empty shell. <laughs> a sad reminder that we don't have an evil demon <laughs> in the machine. Ugh. Uh, seriously though, I mean, how to actually make one? I don't know. They're, uh, I don't even know how these two kids in the computer lab managed to, with their limited skill set, build this horned creature. I mean, it looks like Jason from the Ninja Turtles, or Jason, whatever the hockey player's name was in the Ninja Turtles. Casey. Casey. Crank. Sorry. I'm sorry. Nineties. Please, please don't Robot yell turtle? at me. <laughs> I do know these things. Casey Jones. Uh, it looks like they just like added some ram's horns to the the side of a Casey Jones mask, and then made it all work. I it's love very... that like Moloch needed it still to be his image. Like he still yeah. wanted it to look like him when he was in full demon form. It wasn't like just make me look like Optimus. It was like no. I want to look like how I was before, but metal. Because mm-hmm. I bet it's to so... him it was still kind of disturbing that he was in a new century. That it was mm. like you know you don't really get to. You never really saw him. He's like Brandon Fraser from Blast from the Past. Exactly. You know, Moloch, while he may be a horrible child-murdering demon, he is an Italian. And, you know, it's like he's grasping with being... (laughs) He's grasping with real emotions. He's falling in love. He's taking it too far. He's, you know, wanting to have some semblance of, of the beauty of life. And to him... He thought he had a great form. And his form in that first scene, that's a great-looking demon. It is a very good-looking demon uh, as far as demons go. Yeah. It looks like what gremlins aspire to be. They're like, oh, man, that's the George Clooney of gremlins. It's He's gremlins really good meets Tim, <laughs> Tim Curry's character from Legend. <laughs> like, if you combine oh, those yes. two, if you mix their DNA and, like, the fly machine, <laughs> then that's yeah. what you would get. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that Moloch has been made into one of those like Buffy busts that you can purchase. 
Can uh, if we send you some like plaster, would you be able to mock something up there, Paul? Not exactly my forte. I sculpt like a seven-year-old. Ooh. So so it might look like Groot more than it looks like Moloch. I kind of prefer that. I kind of prefer like Ooh, melty we'll Moloch. Groot. <laughs> Let's just make a Groot. Yeah. Could you make Moloch? But secretly, could we get Groot? <laughs> and could you have Moloch saying, "I am Groot"? <laughs> that would be perfect. Yeah. I am Moloch. <laughs> <laughs> we are Moloch. I really hope that we're inspiring fan art here. I want to. I want to see some fan art, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's I do this study too. group. Ooh, that'll be awesome. Right? Fan art. Someone's gonna do it, even if it's a stick figure. <laughs> like, is that like if Moloch came back in the forest? He could. Yeah. yeah instead of being sucked in the internet, he he got like printed into trees somehow. Uh, papers, trees, trees are paper. That doesn't work that way, does it? Papers are trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> papers are. Trees. I think it was back when Moloch used to just wander the forests, just you know, enchanting the local deer and just asking them to love him. Because it's not he. he he maybe maybe he got scanned into the computer, but like scanned into a game, like maybe like a World of Warcraft esque game. Oh no! Oh and no! Then, oh, that would be great. Skyrim. And then he's like a real villain in the game, and then people have to fight him, and then he starts killing people in real life. And I'm just this is a fanfic that I'm writing. In okay, well head. if you're gonna pick that, have him get into Second Life and kill people's like who they think their real second person is. Ooh, so it's like real digital. It'll be murder. like that fairly odd parents episode where they go into the game and then they're like, no, they go into a computer. Is it? Oh no, they go into a game in one episode and the other episode they go into a computer. But when he's in the game, he like would actually die if he died. <laughs> fairly Ooh, odd parents probably was not the first person to do this. <laughs> oh Just to jump back. That's, that's a set. generational statement right there. So <laughs> yeah, I mean what? Tron. Anyhow. <laughs> Uh, but to go back to something Chris said, it all connects. Mm-hmm. Before we get to the last the last bit that I want to talk about, mm-hmm. it all connects. If Moloch was really you know traipsing through the forest, going after deer, he would actually be going after Bambies or Bambinos, babies. Full circle, everybody. Wow. That was the worst one I said about fairly odd parents. Uh, it. Wait. <laughs> it I was mean, separate. I don't know. I don't, I don't think there was a scale declared. No, there's. I think those are both. <laughs> uh, but the last thing I want to no, talk about. <laughs> These are important things. Uh, this is the study group. See, we're doing studying. We're doing actual uh, social math. <laughs> so this, this episode, is how studying works. This, I've never been in a study group that actually got this much done. <laughs> <laughs> we have covered a lot of ground uh in in today's session uh, a lot of we've been jumping from ground to ground <laughs> definitely in this session oh yeah uh there's one last aspect of the episode that i want to talk about which is the techno bros yeah those guys were real mean and i think that fritz is the one that he is it fritz sh- or fitz i I, fritz I wrote fritz as well okay and then is it and was fritz the cat Fritz was the cat. And he was Felix like that curvy cat. 70s cat, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know, remember what era. I think it might have been an 80s thing. but Okay. Well, either way, both were self-serving and not on the level. Um, but, ugh, what a mean dude. And his whole little weird speech that he gives to Giles about how he's jacked in. He's like, I'm j- if you're not jacked in, you're not alive. And then he just, like, spirals off like a, like, he, oh, I bet he just, like, was so full of adrenaline after he said that and was like, punching his locker he was so excited he uh, the thing is like if you're gonna be like super obsessed with an ammonite god 
to the point where you're just like following every single order that Moloch is giving you, and you're gonna carve Moloch's name into your arm. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to be this guy. I don't want to be pretentious about it, but do a better M. That was like the <laughs> <laughs> Like, what was up with that M? He's, like, barely... He's just, like, he's not paying any attention. I'm jacked in. I'm jacked in. I'm jacked in. It's, like, the sloppiest M I've ever seen. Like, no wonder he got into computers. His handwriting, his penmanship is atrocious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, he was intense. And his buddy, I just feel so bad for him. Dave. Yeah, Dave. Dave was nice. Poor Dave. Also, Dave is, like, an actor who... He's been a guest star on, like every show from like the 90s and early 2000s like what he's just like well i looked him up because the actor is chad Lindbergh, and he just has one of those faces like i've seen you and stuff he's been on like the csis ncis law and order um and then he was on like castle and uh weeds and supernatural he's just like been in a bunch of stuff he's like a baby here though yeah. And it's just, I don't know, like, you know how there's there's those man. guest stars that you're like, that guy, yeah, yeah. and you just, like, feel that like... That guy who was in that stars. thing that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I have uh, something to read into about those two characters. So, Cain uh, uh, um, and Abel. Cain and Abel. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pluck the words out of... I know what you're thinking, Chris. That was it? I didn't even have to say it? Uh, but I also think this. Uh, so, the cruelty... Of, what did you call them? The techno bullies or the techno, techno bros? bros? The cruelty of the techno bros. Which was my craft work cover band back in high school. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the cruelty I of the techno bros is something that permeates the internet. That the anonymity of the internet has breeded a super meanie that is just really warped a lot of humans. Are and they the original Gamergate? Could they you are. argue that Fritz, mostly Fritz, Dave is just kind of like there. Dave is just like, but I really thought this was about ethics and games journalism. And Fritz is like, it is, but also <laughs> we must kill them. <laughs> I, feel like I think that's exactly what I'm uh, saying, unless that's going to get us attacked by cyber bullies. On oh, the that internet. was a bad thing to bring up. Yeah, I'm going to get docs. No one knows where I live. <laughs> I'm great. Yeah, well, Los Angeles. Find your Good IP luck. Yeah, it'll take you seven hours. You. To Good luck doxing me. I'm homeless in a month. Oh. <laughs> Well, they'll just walk the streets of Hollywood looking for blue hair. That would require going outside. <laughs> Whoa! Oh. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> guys, we're making enemies with the techno bros. <laughs> I don't want to be their friends. That's guys, not point. not all techno bros. Let's just remember that Dave did, <laughs> not all, a, after trying to kill Buffy, reversed his, his intentions and tried to save Buffy, who I think would have been fine because she had rubber boots, right? Yeah. And that's what I didn't get, because she has, like, a solid rubber heel on her boots, and they're, like, smoking. And unless there was, like, a, a needle, uh, like, a nail that she accidentally stepped on, she had pretty, like, solid rubber boots. Mm-hmm. She probably would have been good. She's been This is where the line is drawn. <laughs> this this is the dividing line of suspension of disbelief. Buffy <laughs> would not have been electrocuted. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm impressed. That's perfect. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. And one last, one last thing that I think we should definitely talk about before our bell rings, because uh, I know it's coming. We gotta, yeah. we gotta get to class. Yeah. Yeah. Go home. The, you can yeah. see the bell coming. The bell is just like, come on, <laughs> put him up, put him up. Uh, Jenny Calendar, Paul. This is uh, you've just jumped right into Jenny Calendar. You don't know what's to come. Neither do we. 
according to the podcast, but we do. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on Jenny Calendar? Uh, I have. Well, first of all, she reminds me of like my seventh grade uh, French teacher. So, I mean, that's all right. Perfect. Yeah. Was your a seventh grade French teacher also a praying mantis? <laughs> she could have been. Come. <laughs> I never saw her after that year. No, it's, I don't know. She, <laughs> she, uh, she definitely seemed, a, a lot of the characters that we've run across so far, Fritz and Dave included, uh, seem very disposable, whereas she, she seems to stand out. I don't know what's to come, but I definitely think that she's definitely put in a position where I'm going to be seeing this person again. And we got to remember, she's just a computer science teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish my computer science teacher looked like that. My computer science teacher looked like the creepers on the internet. Come to think of it. That's what's so great about Jenny Calendar, though, is that she she's just such a badass. Like, mm-hmm. I love her. She is like this, like, attractive woman who could be doing whatever she wants, probably. But she's like, no, I'm like really into the Internet. I'm really into new technology. Uh, here are all the good things about it. And it, her and Giles, they're just kind of like back and forth that they have mm-hmm. like books versus computers. Mm-hmm. It's great it's so amazing and then mm-hmm. i love how like they their relationship really progresses through the episode because at first yeah. it's like oh that that vile calendar creature and he like hates her and then by the end she's like she's flirting with him the line i love this line at the very end where she says that's not where i dangle it it's yeah, gold yeah. it's gold because giles is just like this uh, i mean it's her belly button right <laughs> we're assuming it's probably I thought, her belly button. I thought that thought as it happened it's I was probably like, her belly button she said that tensely it's probably but her I mean, belly button belly button yeah it's probably in uh in the director's cut of the episode they actually continue on with that scene and she goes back to her house and there's a christmas tree and she just <laughs> puts it right up there <laughs> so we all kind of uh, misread that <laughs> oh good 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 but uh, yeah jenny humanizes giles in the more than and challenges else. him like yeah. he is he is a point of authority and it's really great to see someone and this is something i love about like whedon relationships and whedon shows is it's never like this person makes me look good it's always this person challenges me and makes me a takes me out of my comfort zone without attacking me yeah uh and putting me down mm-hmm. and it's a very and i love that i love that giles has that because mm-hmm. up until then he's just hanging out with kids Yep. Up until then, he's Giles. In this episode, and Jenny is the first person to ever say this aloud. He's Rupert. Rupert. Why do they say Jenny Calendar's voice with an accent? She's just a. She's Californian. Rupert. <laughs> no, Rupert. She's not. <laughs> she's not a frog. Rupert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ooh, can that be a uh, something that someone draws if they're listening to this? They can draw a little frog. Giles saying Rupert. Saying Rupert. Yeah, I would like that. Why would he be saying Rupert? Because it he be says Jenny? his own name. They draw them both as frogs. <gasps> they can be cute little frogs. Oh. And then they're like... You can use Princess and the Frog uh, art as a reference. Like Techno-Pagan Frog and then like... Rippert. Bookie, bookie Frog. What's your name? Rippert. That's <laughs> enough so of I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've stayed on this for too long. The, oh. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Uh, <laughs> I'm not good with computers. <laughs> Um, really quickly, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's wrap this up with uh, I'm gonna pose it to you guys, and I know my answer. Uh, smell of books or computers? Which side are you on? Which team? Paul? Oh, that's a tough answer. I I love the computers and all that they stand for. I love the space that they don't take up in my house. But there is something about an actual tangible book that just isn't replaceable yet. 
Chris? I'm going books. I know that I don't practice that in my day-to-day, but if I could choose it about myself, I would choose the book. Holland Farkas? I mean, if we're basing this off smell, computers don't really have smell, so I'd say book smell. Um, And I do prefer reading books versus, like, reading on a Kindle or something. Um, But, like, if I'm looking for information, like, if I'm going to, like, write a paper or something and I need to research something... I would go for the computer. The apocalypse has come. You get computers or books. What are you going for? My computer. I'm going to take my computer because, like, I would have to take so many books. It's true. In a zombie apocalypse situation, I'm going to, like, grab my computer. just mm-hmm. Or my phone. My so <laughs> short-term gains for full-time losses. No problem. But I like Power. the smell of books. <laughs> You're like that guy in the Twilight Zone. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> he drops his iPad. That's not fair. <laughs> 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 Uh, in terms of my vote on which team I am, I take all my Buffy notes for this podcast uh, in a notebook from Powell's, and on the side it says, Smellbound, held as if under a spell by the scent of books. Need I say more? If I do, the answer is books. All right. And that's our bell. It's mm. time for extracurricular activities. Uh, this is a series of activities that we make up on the spot. Uh, Holland chooses exactly what it is. It could be a song. It could be a rap. It could be a news report. And uh, Chris and I will go ahead and do that with Paul. So, Holland, what's our extracurricular activity for this week? Um, I think you guys should tell a a short story, kind of like a like a short fanfic maybe inspired by the episode. But I want you guys to go line by line, like not word by word, but back and forth, like line by line mm-hmm. is what I want. All right. Malik was a loving demon who was walking one day by the lake. He looked into his reflection and thought, I'm a pretty good looking Malik. I need babies for me life. Malik good. And suddenly Malik was sad because there were no babies in sight. But he saw a fire in the distance and decided to follow it. He walked up to the fire and realized that it was a computer factory that was burning down. This is a perfect place for me to start my new life. He said. I'm going to inject myself into this fiery inferno of computers and... Yes, and then what he did was he... He didn't think this would happen, but the fire danced so beautifully that he didn't quite know what it was. He, he knew... That the fire was a thing that burned, but could the fire love him back? As he wondered this, the fire began to creep up his feet, up his legs, until Moloch was fully engulfed by flames. This is hot. This is so hot. I can't believe how much you consume me. I think about you all the time. He said, while rolling around lovingly as flesh bubbled and fled from his horrible, horrible demon flesh. Two hours later, firemen came to put out the fire, saw a giant lump of flesh, and said, what the hell was that? Do you love me? Do you find me burnt and crispy? Give me your babies. And the two firemen, Italians as they were, decided to kind of just feast upon Moloch and not do their job. (laughs) <laughs> that was weird <laughs> I should note that I'm Italian 
in case anybody's offended. Yeah, and I'm also anything that we say is offensive later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the 90s, so anything we've offended is, is fair game. Thank you right. so much for joining us for this session of Sunnydale Study Group. We talked about iRobot you, Jane. Uh, as always, I'm Omar. Um, where can they find you, Omar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can find me at youtube.com slash two broke geeks or on Twitter at number two broke geeks. And if you want to hit me up individually, that is at Omar Najam. How about you, Chris? Uh, I'm Chris Bramante. You can find me at Amantioc or at Robot Teammate or Anim Fantastic on the internet. And I'm Holland Farkas. You can find me at youtube.com slash telltaleheartxo or you can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas. And a huge, huge Ammonite thank you to our guest this week, Paul Mason. Where can they find all of your amazing stuff, Paul? You can find all my videos at youtube.com slash allhailskippy or on Twitter at allhailskippy. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much, Paul. This has been awesome. All right, guys. It make has sh- been- oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, it has been fantastic being here. I, uh, I look forward to seeing more Buffy. Yeah, I can't wait to talk with you through your journey, Paul. I'm so proud and excited and just ready to see you graduate high school. <laughs> <laughs> We're marking your height on the, on the doorway, Paul, as, <laughs> yeah. as you go through Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, guys, make sure to do your homework and watch the next episode of Buffy, and we will see you next week. Until then, pack your bags, pack your books. We'll see you then. Yeah, I think because that happened with Kiri as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've got it. So I'm gonna do it tomorrow. In the computer. (laughs) It's almost like Paul. You're kind of our personal Moloch right now. Damn right I am. Don't you love me? You know you want to. (laughs) I'm beautiful. (laughs) Your personal Moloch.